Hey everyone, welcome to Real Faith in Real World Conversations, based on a sermon series by Pastor Tim Gibb, lead pastor of Bethel Church in Sarnia, Ontario. In this podcast, you're going to hear a conversation every week as we discuss the message and how we are living out our faith in our world. It's meant to be helpful and encouraging, and more than anything, a way to get you thinking deeper about your own faith. So let's jump into this week's Real Faith Conversation. Welcome back, everyone, to our discussion today. I'm joined again with Pastor Kirby, Pastor Dale, and Stephanie, and we are talking about real faith and mental health. You know, I don't know what your experiences were, but looking back, uh, growing up, this was not a conversation that was happening in the church. When I think back to my childhood and teen years, my perception is that we really hid a lot of our struggles in the church. Like people would show up on Sunday and smile and act like everything was perfect. But the reality is that everyone struggles. And I think these conversations are so important because we need each other to walk the journey of health and healing. Now, in Pastor Tim's message today, we're going to jump right in. He used the example of Elijah for someone who struggled with their mental health. And he listed some of the signs in Elijah's life that things weren't okay. And you can listen to that in the message. But I want to know from you guys, what are some of the signs in your own life that you might not be in the best mental health? For me, is the lack of motivation. Pastor Tim kind of bring that up in one of those signs. But for me, lack of motivation is big because I'm a self-motivator. I, I self-motivate myself all the time. And I'm a person when I do something, I do it with a lot of passion, especially if I love doing what I do. So if I, if I lose motivation and I'm not able to kind of regain this motivation by myself, for me, it's a great sign that something is, is wrong, something needs to, to happen because... I'm not motivated, especially for something that I love to do. For me, that's a big sign. I'd be the same way. It, is, it should be a motivation, but when it becomes a chore, when I feel like I have to do something, it becomes a chore, and it's no longer that passion, mm. then definitely there's something going on in my mind. And, or if I become critical about something, and I just see the critical of everything instead of the, the positives and stuff like that, and I can become very critical about you know, whatever I'm doing or other people or then I realize there's something mm. going on in my mind as well or I'm not thinking clearly enough. And so those are the moments where, yeah, mentally I'm not doing very well and I need to uh, either have a conversation with somebody or get outside and enjoy the sunshine or there's something going on there. Mm. Uh, me too. I, same. Motivation, when I'm lacking motivation to do the things I love to do, when I hear what's coming out of my mouth, um, there's nothing I love better than witty banter, but then there's like this um, sarcasm that I hear come out of myself sometimes and I'm just like, oh man, that's out of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks. And so that's one thing for me. I will also share, um, so in recent years of my life, um, I have had a slight battle with anxiety. I wouldn't say it has overtaken my life, but I've um, it's been something new in my world in my, uh, 40s, <laughs> crazy, <laughs> um, where it's actually like a physical thing that I go through. And, um, so for me, when I start to feel symptoms of anxiety, I feel them in my body. I don't recognize them in my mind, but I will just be out and about and my, you know, my hands will start to tingle or my face will tingle or my heart will race. 
sort of these classic signs of anxiety. But what that tells me is that some things along the line, I don't even know what I feel anxious about, but that maybe I'm neglecting proper sleep or neglecting proper exercise or nutrition. It's just like this signal in my body, um, yeah, that cues me like something is amiss, something is out of balance for me. That's how it, and that's how I experience anxiety. Yeah, I think those are all great examples and very relatable. So for me, I feel very, um, I want to use the word like lethargic, like almost like numb. Uh, like, I don't know what I want. I don't know what I want to do. I just kind of feel overall just down. Um, I don't feel like reaching out to anyone. Like, I just feel overall just off and lethargic is the best word. And and when I feel that, it takes me, it can take me a while to realize that's the way that I'm feeling. But once I like clue in, then I'm like, oh, there's just something off today. And so I need to be aware of this and make some healthy decisions. And, and that's why I think this is so important. I think it's important that we're all aware of the signs in our life. Because if you're not aware of the signs, then how do you, how do you pick yourself out of it? Um, but when you are aware, then you can kind of just like say, okay, I'm not doing okay today. And, and what wise decisions do I need to make to get myself to a healthier place? Now, in the example of Elijah, you really see God intervening, and, and Pastor Tim kind of broke this down into four different ways that God intervened in Elijah's life. And so I want to look at those four ways. So the first thing was that God first, the first thing God did was he took care of Elijah's physical needs. So I want to know how have you seen the effects of and this could be positive or negative, but how have you seen the effects of your physical health on your mental health? My uh, wife is very much into walking, so that's a big thing for me. She's always pulling me off the couch and saying, okay, well, let's go for a walk. So especially uh, when the pandemic came now, we've just moved here into Canada from Honduras. So in Honduras, they had severe lockdown where we weren't allowed to leave our house uh, once every 14 days. And so mentally, that just uh, really zapped us where we just wanted to sit and watch TV or or catch up on the you know, movies that we hadn't seen for a while, or we just kind of sat in our house. But at least we had a community where we could go for walks. So and my wife was the one that would say, Dale, we need to get up off that couch and let's go for a walk. And, and just the, the sunshine and the fresh air. And, and uh, I mean, that did a huge thing for us. And, and so I didn't gain any weight over that period because I wasn't sitting there like a bump on the log type thing and, and eating and all that stuff. But we just physically, we had to get out and do something. And so mentally, that really helped me to have a wife that she kind of gave me that push saying, let's get out, let's go for a walk, let's do something, and let's, uh, let's enjoy the sunshine. And that just, uh, I mean, that, that air that you're breathing in just clears your mind and, and just keeps you going. Um, I know for me, um, the physical things that I do, like um, how I contribute to my physical health in regards to routine, Sleep, eating, make a huge difference for me. And as I've gotten older, it's made a bigger difference. Like, you know, when I was 20, wow, you know. <laughs> but now it's like, nope, I know that I'm the kind of person that needs nine hours of sleep a night. That's, how I ha that's just how I have to roll. And if I just recognize it and go to bed at a decent time and get up, I know that I'm going to have a much better day. So for me... Um, things like I ha I've made a goal for myself. I'm trying to walk, you know, three to five kilometers, five times a week. I try and do that. I made a decision to cut 
caffeine out of my diet in the sense of coffee. Like I was a one cup in the morning girl. Um, and actually my sister-in-law encouraged me um, because she had cut coffee out of her life and she was, you know, it really helped her in her mental health. She encouraged me to do the same. Woo, baby, that was hard, but I did it. And so now I am almost going on two years where I haven't had a, like a regular coffee. And for me, I'm not saying for everybody, but for me, that made a really big difference. I can't cut out sugar. I'm sorry. <laughs> I should. Yeah, no need to Anyways, for that. <laughs> all that to say that I, I recognize a really big difference. Like it is for me, it is a night and day difference between when I'm being good to myself and getting proper sleep and exercising and I'm working on the eating business um, with how that plays out in my life. It's just so worth it to stick to the routines and the healthy habits. Right. I love that you uh, just use the word routines a few times because I think that's so key. Um, Pastor Stephen Furtick, if you're familiar with him, he has this saying that he says all the time that the key to change is more of the same. And so it's not like if you're down, you can just eat one meal of vegetables and like go for one walk and you're like cured, like everything's great. But it's the routine of your life. And I found that in my life, that it's the routine of me getting up and getting on the treadmill. It's the routine of me eating healthy foods that helps keep me healthy, not just physically, like, honestly, the biggest difference of exercise in my life, it's more mental for me than it yeah. is physical. Yeah, um, but you need that routine in your life. And I would encourage you, if this isn't a pattern, like, start today and, and commit to it for the next three months and, and see the changes. Because that, as you were talking, stuff, that routine is so important. So the second point that Pastor Tim mentioned was that God confronted Elijah. So basically, God drew attention to the emotional or the mental pit that Elijah was in, and he confronted him. And it wasn't like, like a thing just done out of harshness, but he confronted him for the purpose of to help him get out of that pit. And we all need help in our life and in the context of our mental health. We need the help of family and friends. Uh, we need people who will ask us the hard questions like God asked Elijah so that ultimately we can receive whatever we need, whether that's encouragement or medication or counseling. So when is the right time to get help? I would say right away. Mm -hmm. uh, and maybe that's for me. I've, uh, I've, I cannot say where in my life that I truly experience a really deep, dark place mentally. Or just like you, Pastor Tricia, in my community, depression was not a word that we were saying in church. We were not talking about it. And uh, in my community, we are we have kind of a, I would like to say, a strength where uh, even though we come from a background that is hard and, 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 and poor and a lot of, you know, art, like the, the root community thing for, our, for, for my Haitian community, we refuse to go into that place where to say I'm depressed or I need to see a, psych a psychiatrist or a therapy. Those words do not exist where I'm from. So therefore, we never preach that kind of message. We would just come to the altar and pray, mm -hmm. right? However, I could say in a few years, I've experienced something called anxiety, something that I, I say to myself, I will never experience this. That's not for me. You know, anxiety. I'm, I'm self-motivating myself. I'm always high. I'm always in the garment. Performer. Anxiety, not for me. Mm -hmm. And I've experienced this. And I, when I got the symptoms, I didn't know what it was. 
where I just got those tingling, those butterfly in the belly, the, the heartbeat that didn't want to go. I couldn't sleep, shortness, shortness of breath. All those things are symptoms of anxiety, never experienced it. So the moment I experienced those, right away I didn't feel good. I didn't know what it was. I made a few Google research and I found that it was anxiety. Mm. I said, no way. I'm not going through anxiety, you know? And the right away I called my mentor. I said, we need to talk. I'm going through something that I don't like. I hate it. And I couldn't sleep, nothing. And he told me, well, okay, we got our conversation going. And he said, Kirby, you have, a, you have anxiety. And then we, 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 we uh, at the same moment, we went to the root of this anxiety. And in three days, I was okay. Mm. Now, I don't want to dumb down anxiety. I know people have been anxiety for years. However, deal with it right away. Yeah. It's not a situation that you, don't, you want to go for years. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, we might be the last one to recognize it in ourselves, though. Right. And so you might, like some of those uh, symptoms you might recognize, but if it's a dark place or whatever and the words that we're saying, sometimes we don't hear ourselves or we don't recognize it ourselves. Mm-hmm. So hopefully all of us have people around us, friends that we can trust, Mm-hmm. that can speak into our lives and say, you know what, I think there's something going on here and I'm recognizing something in you. That's when a good time is to find help, is to listen to what other people are saying about us maybe, right. if they can speak into our lives, if we've given them that trust, trustful place. But oftentimes we're the last one to recognize it in ourselves. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing is we have to acknowledge there's something going on. We have to acknowledge that there's an issue in our lives and then that's when we need to get help. But how do we discover that in ourselves? Unless mm-hmm. we have someone around us that can speak into our lives. Mm -hmm. and often I think that we try to like power through it kind of like how you were talking Pastor Kirby so we're like like I can get myself out of this like uh, like everything will be okay and 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 ultimately maybe everything will be okay and maybe you can power through it but but why go that journey why do it that way like why not reach out to a friend like Pastor Dale is talking about why not bring someone into that conversation and um, and allow them to speak encouragement to you. Um, like you don't have to, you don't have to power through it. And even no. if it means going on medication for a season or seeing a counselor for a season, like we don't have to do these things alone, but we do need to take some action. So let's kind of flip it then because um, like we all have our own struggles, but then we also have people around us who are struggling. So how do we support those people? Like when someone comes to you and is being open and honest with you about their mental health struggles, how do we support those people? Uh, Well, I find for me, the thing that I needed most was just validation. Just like, yeah, what you're going through is weird. And uh, like for me, when I experienced those things and I kind of clicked like, oh, I think what I'm experiencing is anxiety. Um, right away, you know, my husband wasn't like, no, no, it's in your mind. It's just like, mm-hmm. oh, like he validated what I was going through. And, and we just, you know, well, I'm going to walk this journey with you, whatever it looks like. And, and he helped me seek out resources, you know, uh, like he's a teacher. And so we were able to access counseling in the city that was covered in his benefits. So he didn't make those calls for me, but he's like, honey, like I think this would be a good resource for you. So I think it's helpful for us when we come along other side of other people, we validate what we're going through, what they're going through. Um, we can help find resources, point them in the right direction. Of course, we, you know, we come alongside and we pray and we support, but um, I just knew for me, it was important 
just to hear like, you're not losing your mind. And yeah, like just validate the validation of my experience was so, so helpful because then I could move forward. I could name it for what it was and be like, oh, okay, I'm experiencing anxiety. Weird. I didn't think I'd ever experience anxiety. I see that this mental health issue runs in my family. So let's name it what it is and let's move forward and get the help that I need. And um, yeah, that was just an honest look, a truthful look um, was very helpful to me. And that may be the worst thing to do to somebody is say, I hear what you're saying, I'll pray for you, and then walk away. And yes, prayer is great, and prayer does work. But like you said, we need some practical ways to help each other and, and find help for each other. And so, yes, prayer is very important. But practically, how can we come alongside? My, my mentor, when I reached out to him, uh, the one thing I really appreciate is became, he became a companion. Yeah. You know, he became a companion in my struggle. And that one thing that really stood out in my healing is that, man, he, was, he didn't just, okay, I'm going to be a mentor, I'm going to listen. He became a companion. This guy to put himself in my shoes and kind of take my place a little bit and try to really fit, okay, what happened? What got you there? And kind of explain this, the, the steps that, that I think that maybe brought me there and say, okay, no, maybe he's trying to figure things out with me. Right, so just the fact that he was a companion to me, like a little bit like Stephanie's husband, he was a companion, and that I think is great for for was a great support to 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 make this shift happen. Right. So it's like this empathetic response, like mm -hmm. I am willing to consider this situation from your see it from right. your perspective. Empathy is um, can be so so helpful in healing and people's journey. Right. That's very true. Very true. I've really had to learn that in my own life. So my my personality, my natural tendency is to be a helper. So I want to sit down with someone and my natural tendency is like, let's fix it. And I'm going to do everything I can to like fix what's in your life. Right. But the truth is, is that when someone's in that, that difficult situation, they don't need me to fix it for them. And I can't fix it for them. So I've had to fight against my natural tendency and pick up the mantle of empathy like you're talking stuff. And it's been a journey for me to learn this and I'm still learning it. But just to be with them, just to affirm them and validate them as you're talking with, just to listen to them, just to ask questions as I feel prompted by the Spirit. And then, yes, if there is practical things, I've done the practical things. I've helped people find counselor. I've driven people to doctor's appointment. But I think the first step is that empathy piece that you're talking about. And be, we have to be self-aware of our own tendency because mm -hmm. we don't want to overstep and we don't want to cross any boundaries and we don't want to take on someone's issues and make it our own burden right. to carry right? right like it's a hard balance to walk but thankfully we have the holy spirit within us there to guide go. us in these things and and we really do need to lean in dependence as we're having these conversations on what god is saying right. um okay so the third point was that God spoke to Elijah in a really still, small voice. He, like, removed the distractions from Elijah's life and, and just whispered so that Elijah could hear him. So what do you do in your own life? What do you do to make space to hear that still, small voice of the Lord? I go into my car for a drive. Mm. For me, my car is the best place to talk to God. I've been, I, I, I come from sales, so I spend a lot of time in my car. 
you know, driving hours to go to a place or, or not. So when I needed a time to pray, just even to talk to myself or just to not hear anything, I go into my car, I shut off everything and just drive and, and speak to God and hear him. And did, those were my base, best moments uh, with God is has been in my car. Mm. Uh, just on my way to work, on my way to church, on my way to a client or whatever, just what you want me to, what you want me to hear right now. Mm -hmm. And all the windows are shut, and I just have this still moment while driving. And it's funny because when you are driving like this, you don't remember that you're driving. You you so focus on hearing. And for me, I'm so focused on hearing God's voice. It's like my instinct, or maybe the Holy Spirit is driving for me, <laughs> because I, I I sometimes I come, oh I just snap out of it, right? So I just think I. This is a mode for me. Just I go into my car and I just shut up everything and just drive. For me, it's been great. Mm. I just preached a message recently about uh, finding Jesus in that thin place. Mm. Talked about that thin place where you feel the presence of God mostly. So it's in your car. Right. For me, it's for water. So even yesterday walking at the marsh, I just it was just awesome. I took mm. pictures of, of the, the water and everything. I just feel so much closer to God's presence right. in the water as you do with uh, car, the yeah. car or whatever. And yeah, it's, it's important to find that place where you feel closest to God mm. and make sure you meet him <laughs> at that place regularly. Right. Uh, for me, it's in a few different ways. It's usually when I'm on a walk or I have, this is gonna sound very silly, but sometimes just sitting at my table. <laughs> for some reason, there is something about sitting at my table and it has to be during the day when the kids are at school because otherwise I can't focus on anything. It's just sure. chaos. Uh, but I do have these precious moments during the day when everything is quiet and I'm not, um, I know I lead worship, but I rarely play worship music. I don't like, I like silence. I don't like noise in the house. I don't, I don't have things on in the background. So silence is important to me. Um, but I sit at the table, and I don't know if it's just, like, because I'm sitting up and I'm alert, but usually if I'm, like, studying something, I could be studying scripture or, like, studying some other thing, something about theology in some way. I just, I love those moments. And sometimes I sit at my piano mm. um, and, you know, encounter the Lord there. But I wouldn't say I go to my piano first. I would, I would say that when I sit down at my piano to play and sing, that that always comes out of like a response of a time where I've had with the Lord. Um, so for me, it's sitting at my upright at my table with a book in front of me. Of yeah, that's sort. awesome. <laughs> I think everyone needs a place wherever that is, wherever your place is, you need that. All right. Last thing is that God brought Elijah back to his ministry, back to serving others. So my final question is just how, how does serving others help our mental health? Um, for me, every time, not every time, often, oftentimes, when I, when I need God to do, to speak to me about something or to help me in certain areas of my life, he sends someone with the same or similar situation mm -hmm. and to, to help the person on. Now, it's funny because how can you help somebody while you need your, that same help yourself? But it's just, it's just beautiful when God sends you in that same season a person to help on that same issue or similar issue, but it kind of opens your heart because you want to help that person so much. It opens your heart to the revelations of God for yourself, for that person. But when you're done, it was actually for you. Mm -hmm. You can take it for yourself. 
So uh, for me, serving others is a great way for me to um, not only to help somebody, but also to help myself. Totally. For me, it's just like you, it's a shift of perspective. So often, like Pastor Tim was saying today, how when we're in a mentally unhealthy space, like our focus becomes so inward. So when we're helping others, our eyes are off of ourselves. And uh, he said it, I think he said it really well today, that it, w- it brings us back to the simple, like, what are we doing here on earth? What are we to be about? It mm-hmm. brings us back to the simplicity of what we're called to do, love God um, and love others. And uh, I think it's a really just for me, it's a ground. It's just like get your head out of the cloud stuff. Like it gives me perspective as well. Like when you're helping somebody else, you gain mm. a perspective um, that's outside of your own mind. Sometimes we get lost in our thoughts. So it gives us new perspective. Yeah, that's great. Really good thoughts today, guys. And I appreciate all of you just sharing honestly and vulnerably about our own where we're at with this. And I think we need more of that in the church. Like, let's take the stigma off of, let's take the shame off of our struggles and and talk about it with trusted people so that people know that they're not alone in this. So as we finish this conversation, I just want to ask those of you who are listening right now, how are you doing? Like, truly, honestly, in this season, how are you feeling? And then my second question would just be, are there practical things that you can do to help yourself right now? You heard some examples already today, but could you take a walk with that help? Could you change what you're eating? Could you talk to a friend or talk to a doctor? Could you reach out to a pastor or someone in the church, a trusted friend? Could you incorporate space in your own life to hear the voice of the Lord? Could you serve someone? And I just want all of our listeners to know that we really care about you and there is no shame in having difficult days or in struggling with your mental health. And I'm speaking on behalf of all the pastors, all the staff here at Bethel. We are here for you to pray with you and to support you and to walk with you with no judgment. So please, if you feel alone in your struggle, reach out to us because we would be honored to be a support to you. And for all of us, let's be intentional to care for our health, mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual And allow God to speak to every area of our life because we have a real God who's given us a real faith that works in our real world. Well, that's it. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. We will see you back here next week for another Real Faith Conversation.